Hello, my friends, this is Pastor Christopher Alam again, and I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. I trust you and your household, you're doing well, and that the Lord is blessing you, and you're experiencing His, His bounties in your life. Now, we are talking about uh, developing the things you have to develop in, in, because you want to serve God. And what we started with yesterday was about knowing the Holy Spirit. Develop your your um, your walk, your intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Get to know the Holy Spirit. And the thing that we started with yesterday was actually the uh, in in the context of knowing the Holy Spirit is um, know the Holy Spirit by the Word of God because the Word and the Spirit always go together, and that is a key, one of the key things. Now the second thing about knowing the Holy Spirit is practice the presence of the Holy Spirit. Practice the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that begins by really understanding from the Word who He is, uh, because the Word will give you a pretty good and clear understanding of the Holy Spirit, who He is. The Word of God will tell you that the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not just a thing, because if you don't study the Bible and you just your only experience with the Holy Spirit is uh, going to charismatic meetings and seeing manifestations, then you come come home with an idea that, well, the Holy Spirit is this thing. He just uh, kind of floats around and sometimes he shows up in a meeting and, 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 and then he makes people speak in tongues. At other times there's a miracle. Sometimes people fall down. Sometimes he does this. Sometimes he does that. And we don't really understand who he is and what he's up to and why he does these things. Now, you see, once you get to know the Holy Spirit, you will understand that the Holy Spirit is uh, <coughs> is a person. Because, uh, you know, when you see the Word of God, for example, it says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit. So uh, only an, 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 an object, an impersonal object cannot be grieved, cannot be pleased. It is just an object. But the Holy Spirit is not an object. It's not a thing that just shows up and does strange things at times and nobody understands why he shows up and no one can predict when he shows up and nobody understands uh, why he does these things. But the Holy Spirit is a person. So uh, when we understand he's a person, then we also understand when it says grieve not the Holy Spirit. So we know, okay, the Holy Spirit can be grieved. And then at, at another time we read about the apostles when they say, the Holy Spirit and we have decided. So then we understand, okay, so he's a person. He can be grieved. So if he can be grieved, he can also be pleased. So I can also do things that please him. And then, uh, uh, you know, and then you, you study, as you study the scriptures, you begin to understand that the Holy Spirit is a person and that he has a personality and uh, that you can get to know him. And uh, then you begin to understand what he wants to do in our lives and uh, what his purpose is and and then you you know you, you you begin to see these things and then you begin to practice his presence because then you realize that that not only is a person but he is so important to me i mean in god's plan for my life the holy spirit is so i mean he has such a great importance in my life he's not just someone uh, you know, because many people think in the ministry, it's like, they, well, I'm serving God, I'm doing all these things. And then once in a while, okay, I ask the Holy Spirit. And once in a while, we ask the Holy Spirit to do this in a service because I go to churches and pastors say, 
okay, um, you can, um, you know, and you know, they work out of a sheet and they say, well, you have 35 minutes to do your thing. I said, 35 minutes? He said, yeah, like 35, 30 minutes to preach and then five minutes to uh, do the altar call and then you hand it back to me. And I suddenly realized that their problem isn't the time thing. The problem is that they're not giving room to the Holy Spirit. They have everything scripted and organized and they're not leaving the Holy Spirit any room. Now, there are some churches, some of my friends who actually say, have said, listen, Brother Christopher, uh, this is the time frame within which we move because we got a second service coming in. But if the Holy Spirit moves, if the Holy Spirit moves, so you, you feel free, you do what the Lord tells you to do. And I like that. I prefer that because he's working under constraint and he makes me know what his constraint is. But at the same time, he's, he's yielded to the spirit. He is a pastor. He understands how important the Holy Spirit is. He says, this is the situation. This is how we work. But if the Holy Spirit decides to do, of course, he can upend everything as he wants to. So, uh, you know, you, first of all, you acknowledge him. You acknowledge him and you acknowledge that you need him. Um, uh, and then you, you ask him. You know, many times I say, Holy Spirit, please show me about this. And sometimes when I lose something and I can't find it, I just stop. I say, Holy Spirit, please show me where this is. Or Holy Spirit, please show me about this situation. Do you want me to do this? Do you want me to go there? Or uh, what, what, what do you want me to do? And then the Holy Spirit will speak. So that's how you practice his presence. Practice his presence is first by acknowledging him. Secondly, by, uh, by, um, by, acknowledging him and acknowledging his presence so like when i'm preaching i always welcome him. i say holy spirit you're welcome and uh, gifts of the holy spirit holy spirit i thank you and i thank you for your gifts and and i welcome you to this place this is your meeting you take over this place you lead me guide me and to do whatever you want me to do i am available to you i am totally yielded to you and that from that moment onward I am I'm really yielded to the spirit. Even when I'm preaching, I've got one ear open. I'm listening because sometimes he will stop me and he will say, I want you to do this. There are times he has done that. Uh, once I was, I was in a crusade uh, setting and I, I had, uh, uh, you know, this was in a country where Christians are persecuted and, um, uh, and uh, you know, and I did that and I got up. I had fasted, prayed. I had prepared. I, well, you see, when you say you're led by this Holy Spirit, it doesn't mean that you don't fast. I mean, you don't pray, you don't prepare. You just show up and the Holy Ghost will do his thing. No, you prepare. I prepared. I spent, spent time in the Word, spent time in prayer. Then I said, Holy Spirit, this is what I'm going to preach on. <coughs> and I'm going. And But I want you to be there. Please, I want you... You, I want you to know you are the Lord and whatever you do, I'll obey. So I had prepared a red hot gospel message. So I'm preaching and halfway through the message, suddenly the Holy Spirit nudges me and I stop. Then he said, I want you to begin to pray for the sick. And I said, Lord, I have prepared my message and the, to the altar call. Why not after the altar call? And the Lord said, no, 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 right now. So I stopped. I said, God has told me to pray for the sick. So I began to pray. First, I pray for uh, I pray for the deaf, and many deaf ears were open in the crowd. I just prayed a mass prayer. Then uh, um, I said, "I'm going to pray for the blind." I began to pray for the blind, and and there were several blind people who received the sight. People were screaming, shouting. 
Then I began to pray for the lame and the paralyzed and the crippled. And as I began to pray, the power of God fell on the crowd and lame people began to walk. Then suddenly, right at the back of the crowd, I heard screaming and shouting. And there was a lot of commotion and I didn't know what was going on. So I looked, I said, oh, what's happened? But they couldn't hear me because everyone was shouting and yelling. Anyway, so then after some time, I saw, I saw a man with his hands raised in the air coming to, through the crowd to the front. And he was shouting something. And as he got closer, uh, you know, people around him were screaming and he was walking through the crowd with his hands in the air and people had made way for him. And he said, and, and then he, I heard what he was shouting. He was shouting something like, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. And so when he came to the platform, he jumped on the platform and my interpreter got frightened, really frightened and took, he grabbed the microphone from the interpreter and he began to shout, Jesus is alive, Jesus. And the crowd went completely crazy. I mean, people were, thousands of people were shouting, screaming, and I didn't know what was going on, what had happened. He jumped on the platform, then he started walking away in this direction with people shouting, screaming, Jesus is alive, and he's shouting. And then the whole crowd disappeared, and just a small group of people were left. It was basically my team from Sweden, and the pastors and I, and, I, and the main pastor, the leading pastor, he came to me. He said, Pastor, do you know who this man was? I said, no. He says, he is the leader of a group of extremists who have burnt about 20 churches in this region. And they hate Christians and, and they have killed Christians and attacked pastors. It has, they have done bad things. He said he and his gang used to come. He says that they were terrorizing this area, terrorizing the Christians. He said, this man was completely crippled. He stood on these two, you know, the kind of crutches that go under the armpits. He, he used to, couldn't stand without them, but he, but he was terrible leading this group that hated Christians. And he says, he heard about this crusade and he came and they came in three, two or three trucks. He says, they got out of their trucks and they stood in the back. And I went to see what was, what they were up to. And he says, some of them had hand grenades in their hands, ready to throw into the crowd. He says, that's what they do. And then suddenly you stopped and you said, I'm going to pray for the sick. He said, as you begin to pray for the sick, when you prayed for the crippled, his crutches flew out of his, away from his arms and he was shocked. He said, I watched him. He looked incredulously on his legs as he stood on his legs for the first time in his life without help. Then his hands went up in the air and he began to shout, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive. And he came and he said, that's why your interpreter was so frightened because everybody knows this man. Well, after that, you know what? In the wake of that, 70 churches were planted. And now about 30 years later, or more than that place had only less than about, or I don't know, less or more, about 1% Christians. Now it is more than 18% Christian. Their revival has continued. All because of one man who was healed. And that is because this young Pentecostal preacher heard the Holy Spirit say to him, stop and pray for the sick. So that's what I mean, that we must be yielded to the Holy Spirit. If you, if you can only understand the great things that God can do, 
in the lives of others and in our own lives if we just learn to yield to the Spirit. So that's all I did. So that is what it means to practice the presence of the Holy Spirit is that in your personal everyday life and even in ministry life, you, you, you know, you, you acknowledge Him. Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you. Holy Spirit, as I sometimes when I'm, I counsel people, I just ask before I say, Holy Spirit, as I talk to this person, uh, please speak to me. Please teach me. Tell me what to do. Because people, you know, these counseling situations can be very, very, very complex and they can be very difficult. And so you, in situations like that, you need to know from God. You need to hear from God what's going on because sometimes people won't tell you the full story. So <clears throat> that's where we acknowledge the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, we thank you. I welcome you to this place. And then, and then we know, we, you know, there's a knowing. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, there's a knowing. It's almost like a feeling, but it's deeper than a feeling because a feeling you cannot trust. But a knowing, a deep knowing, okay, the Holy Spirit is with me. I'm not alone. And thank you, Holy Spirit. I'm ready to listen to you. Please speak to me and tell me. And he will tell you and he will lead you and he will guide you. Amen. So that is how you practice the presence of the Holy Spirit. The next thing is praying in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, build yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. It says, he who prays in, in tongues edifies himself. So uh, that's one way uh, you can, um, you walk with the Holy Spirit. And that is by praying in tongues. Because you see, when you pray in the Holy Spirit, uh, then then it's because see, it's like, let me put it this way. Let me, when you pray in English or you pray in your native language, whatever, Swedish or, uh, or, or, or Shona or whatever, you know, Bemba, whatever speaks language you, you speak at home, your native language. When you pray uh, in your native language, what happens? You pray uh, from your spirit, but, uh, uh, or, or rather, you pray out of your mind. You pray out of your mind comes from your mind, you know there are certain things to pray for, they're in your mind, you pray from your mind through your mouth and you pray them out. But when you pray in the spirit, what is happening is that you kind of bypass your mind and then you pray straight out of your spirit because the Holy Ghost is there and he knows everything. I don't know everything. So many times, you know, I feel like a spirit of prayer come on me. I have to pray and I've got a little prayer list on my mind and I'll go through that. Lord, I pray for this person. I pray for that situation. Pray for that. And I've gone through my list. Now I've run out of things to pray for. That's when I begin to pray in tongues. So I always begin to pray in my understanding. I begin to pray in tongues. As I begin to pray, suddenly the Holy Spirit begins to bring up stuff and a lot of things that I don't even know of in the natural. And then you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and you pray and, you pray and what is happening is that you're praying not out of your understanding, but you're praying out of your spirit. And the Holy Spirit who lives in your spirit is taking hold of those things to pray for with your spirit. The Holy Spirit takes hold of those things with your spirit. And then you pray in the Holy Ghost. And that kind of prayer is very powerful. So uh, Paul says, I will pray with the spirit. I will sing with the Spirit. So, you know, when you, you're praying in the Spirit, you can be interceding for situations. And sometimes when you pray in the Spirit, you're just worshiping God. You know, I can be driving my car. I say, Thank you, Jesus. You know, you, you pray, you worship God in your understanding. Then there are times uh, um, you sing with the Spirit. The Bible says, 
Paul says, I will pray the Spirit. I will sing with the Spirit. Sing with the Spirit is something uh, you can do in the congregation or privately. When I'm driving my car, that's all, most often I'll sing in the Spirit. You know, you pray in the Spirit. You just express your worship, your adoration to the Father. So learn to pray and to sing in the Spirit. And there's many different kinds of prayers. You pray in the Spirit. You can be praying, interceding for somebody. You can be worshiping Jesus. Or you can be bringing up uh, petitions before Him. Uh, you just pray in the Spirit and sing in the Spirit. Hallelujah. So that's an Another thing you do to walk with the Spirit, to develop your intimacy with your Spirit. So as you do these things, you practice His presence, spend time in the Word, pray in the Spirit, what you are doing is that you are actually spending more and more time in the realm of the Spirit. And that's how you get to know Him better. You develop an intimacy with Him by spending time in that realm. Okay? And then, then the next thing is you obey the voice of the Spirit. Learn to obey the voice in the spirit, voice of the spirit. And um, when, learn to obey him. And he, when he began, listen, he will begin to speak to you. I can tell you that, okay? As you begin to walk with him, you begin to pray in the spirit, you practice these things, acknowledge his presence, practice his presence and pray in the spirit. Believe me, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to you. And when he speaks to you, be instant in obedience, especially in giving and serving. Okay, so there is a, a school of obedience. Now, everybody wants that experience where you say, you know, I was down in Walmart and I saw a lady on crutches or in a wheelchair and God told me, pray for that person. And I went and prayed for that person and that person got up from the wheelchair or dropped his crutches and suddenly there was revival in Walmart. Hallelujah. Now, everybody wants that experience, but... To get to that place, there's a school of obedience. And the school of obedience, normally the main lessons you learn are in giving. Because everybody wants to do spectacular stuff, but to give, to sacrifice, that is where your faith is tested. That is where your obedience is tested. Now, so that would mean uh, sometimes, you know, the Lord has told me, I remember once years ago when I first learned about giving, somebody had given me, because I was coming to Rama. My, with my wife and we needed money and uh, somebody I, I had not asked for money but he had given me a what I would call a big sum of money a princely sum and I was so happy and uh, that huge sum of money I had in my pocket I was coming down the road praising God thank you Jesus for this money thank you Lord for this money and then I saw this other brother this uh, pastor coming down the road he lived in the same area and so he was coming down and I said, hey, brother, how are you doing? Good to meet you. Good to see you. Exchange pleasantries. Then the Lord said, give him the money in your pocket. And I thought, I need the money. And the Lord said, no, give it. Give it to him. So I gave it to him. He said, what's this one? I said, I don't know, brother, but the Lord just told me you are to have it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. This, oh, my goodness. So he had been praying. He had a need and this money met his need. So I gave him and I just walked away. And, but at the same time, when I walked away, that there was like a burden had been lifted off me. And you know, from that point, God began to bless us. He began to bless us and bless us and bless us financially. When we came to Tulsa, I remember the first Sunday service I ever attended, God told me to give away a sum of money greater than I've ever given up before. We didn't have jobs. We didn't have uh, any income. I mean, we didn't, we were totally by faith. 
and that money we had was what we had. That was it. And our friends in Sweden thought we were very rich because we could afford to go to America uh, to go to Bible school. And our friends in America, they thought we must be rich because we could come to America to go to Bible school. Nobody knew that we had such needs. But you know, <coughs> throughout that year, God told us to plant seeds. And he, he didn't say generally plant seed, but he would say, give a hundred dollars there, give some and we get, get buy groceries for that money. And so we were giving away money. And, uh, you know, God kept on blessing us back. So we, when we, we came to a point when we actually ran out of money, we had nothing. But that is when the tide turned. Somebody anonymous, I still don't know who he is, uh, paid our school tuition. I mean, uh, we, let's put it this way. We came back to Sweden with more money than we had when we went to America. That's how God blessed us. But to get there, there was the school of obedience. And the school of obedience was always giving, giving, give money. And sometimes it was big sums of money, more than what we could in the natural afford to give. But that is how, uh, that is our, I, I call it the school of obedience. To the Holy Spirit. That's where the Holy Spirit tests us. Okay, because giving is sacrifice. And now, when you give, when you feel in your heart, God is, the Holy Spirit is telling you to give so much money to so and so for no reason. Not that He has told you He has a need, but the Lord just tells you to give. Now, remember, the one is tempted to think this was must could be my flesh, or this could be the devil. Listen, let me tell you one thing: the flesh or the devil will never ever tell you to give anything to anybody. They will tell you to take, but not to give. So be obedient in your giving, even if it is big, even if it is sacrificial, if you feel a nudge in your heart to give, be obedient, give, because as you give, you are actually building up spiritual equity because you are positioning yourself for greater things from God because the Holy Spirit is finding that you are obedient. Amen. So there's a school of obedience and the school of obedience, I should say the classes of the school of obedience have mostly to do with giving because giving actually means uh, not that something is coming to you, but giving means is something is passing from your hands to somebody else's hand. And that is very, very special. That is our school of obedience. So, and so whenever the Holy Spirit tells you, be instant to obey. The Holy Spirit tells you to do something, be instant in your obedience, be instant to do it if you want to walk with the Holy Spirit. The next thing is that uh, as you walk with the Holy Spirit, you will understand the way in which he speaks to you, in which he leads you, and he makes his gifts flow through you. Everybody's used in a different way. Now, I'm not a prophet, but there are times I prophesy. There are rare occasions I prophesy. And uh, uh, sometimes God has shown me things about a person and I have spoken it out. But it doesn't happen all the time, but it does happen sometimes. But I've noticed that it is different to others. I've got one friend in Sweden, Pastor Klaus Lindbergh, and when, whenever he prophesies, this is, this is what he told me years ago. Uh, actually, one of our friends, common friends told me, this is how God speaks to him. He can be in a meeting standing and suddenly he sees a scroll. And 
All he says, stands there, he says, thus says the Lord, then he begins to read of that scroll. And uh, when he's finished uh, that prophecy, the scroll just disappears. So that's how he prophesies. A scroll appears, he reads of that scroll, and that's the prophecy. Now, most people, uh, many people don't get that, but they get God. They feel a nudging in the spirit and stirring, and they'll say, thus says the Lord. And that's it. As soon as they say, thus says the Lord, then they get the next sentence and the next sentence and the next sentence. And as they begin to speak it, it begins to flow. So everybody, you know, get, gets, it's the same gift, the gift of prophecy, but it appears in a diff, it manifests itself in a different way through every person. Uh, sometime, like I remember Buddy Harrison and Pastor Buddy Harrison, Pastor Pat Harrison, you know, they, with them, it was amazing. One would prophesy and the other would interpret. And it was in rhyme, always in rhyme. So one would speak in tongues in rhyme and the, you know, and, uh, and, and the other would uh, give the interpretation in rhyme. So it was in, you know, it, it was tongues and interpretation, husband and wife flowing together. And it was always in rhyme. So what I'm saying is that the Holy Spirit leads everybody in a different way, in a unique way. And the way he speaks to you is not necessarily the way in which you have seen him speaking to everybody. So as you walk with the Spirit, so you develop an understanding. Okay, this is how the Holy Spirit uses me. This is how he speaks through me. In the early stages of my ministry, the way God would use me was basically two things, words of knowledge and gifts of healings. I, 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 any meeting, any meeting, you gave me them, or sometimes it was like a board meeting, a business session, and I would be sitting there and suddenly I would begin to get words of knowledge and God would show me stuff about people in the bigger forum who I didn't know, like a business meeting, when I say business meeting, I mean the organization I served in, that was the InterVarsity Fellowship. There could be 30, 40 pastors sitting there, most of them I don't know. And I would say, I have something to say. And I would just begin to give words of knowledge and people would get healed. So, you know, it's different for every person. And God uses everybody in a different way. There's a wonderful diversity and, and in the way that God causes his spirit and his gifts to flow through you. So do get to know him. And that when you get to know him, you will develop how his gifts and how his anointing flows through you. And then lastly, in developing your intimacy with the Holy Spirit, develop in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you want to develop in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, this is what you have to do. The first thing you have to ask God for the gifts, because in the end of uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says, so therefore covet earnestly the best gifts. God, you know, God hates covetousness, but this is one place, one thing he wants us to covet is the gifts. So you should be asking God for the gifts because the gifts don't uh, work. I mean, I say gifts, I mean the nine gifts of the Holy Spirit, uh, as in 1 Corinthians 12, they don't manifest themselves through us unless we ask God. So that's the first thing we have to do. We have to ask God, Father, 
I ask you for the gifts of your Holy Spirit to flow through me. Father, I ask you, let your gifts flow through me. Let your gifts flow through me. Lord, I ask you that the gifts of your Holy Spirit flow through me. And then, uh, and then before you minister to somebody, on, even on a one-on-one -on -one situation, you say, Lord, as I'm going to meet this person, I ask you for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Give me revelation gifts that they flow so that when I'm sitting with this person, if there's anything you want me to know or to see, I ask you to give it to me and I ask you to speak to me and I open my heart to receive and then you spend time praying in tongues. So you spend time praying in tongues and then as you go, and I'm describing now not a five-fold ministry gift situation, but a supportive ministry situation in which you're going to counsel somebody, advise somebody. This is what you do. You just ask God. And then before you go, you say, Lord, I'm opening to the gifts of this Holy Spirit. And then you open your heart and let, let you know. And what happens is that whenever the Holy Spirit moves on you, uh, you just speak it out. Now, the more you yield to the Holy Spirit, the more you obey the Holy Spirit, the more he will speak to you. If you don't yield to the Spirit, if you don't obey the Holy Spirit, believe me, you are not creating a foundation for him to speak to you. You must create a foundation for him to speak to you and you do so through opening yourself up and making yourself available to him by faith and say, and say, Lord, I've never flowed in the gifts of the Spirit, but here I am. Please show me. I'm going to minister to this person. I ask you to help me and show me what to say, what to do. And then watch what happens. You do this. Even if nothing happens that day, the next day and the next, every single opportunity you express to the Lord. Lord, I'm here. I'm available to you for your Holy Spirit to flow into my life and through my life and guide me. And as you do this, God is going to make his spirit and his gift flow through you. Praise God. I, I hope you understand all this, what I'm trying to say. And may the Lord bless you and continue to guide you and put his hand upon your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters. Use them mightily. Let your precious gifts flow through them. Bless them. Use them for your glory. I ask you this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, God bless you. Keep on walking with Jesus and be strong in the Lord.